Welcome to the Men Leading Men podcast. My name is Tim Jacobs. Thank you so much for joining today. We're here. The goal is to help men who are new to leadership or those aspiring to leadership become more self-aware and equipped with actionable tools to craft and improve your leadership and its impact. Today, our topic is how to overcome isolation as a leader. And the first thing that I want to talk about is a TED Talk that I ran across some time back, and I watched it again recently with my son to refresh this this talk that was done. It was very inspiring and eye-opening, and the talk was about centenarians and people who live over 100 years old. And uh, if you have a chance, go find the TED Talk by Susan Pinker that she did back in 2017. But something she said in this talk really stood out to me. And she made this statement. Social isolation is the public health risk of our time. One third of the world's population say they have two or fewer people to lean on. As I'm recording this episode, we're in the middle of the worldwide COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. And while there have been many learnings and hardships during this time, one of the most challenging has to be the call for us, at least in most parts of the world, to quote-unquote self-quarantine or quote-unquote social distance. Now, this isn't to debate the merits of any instruction we've been asked to follow. It's just to talk about the response that has occurred from this particular request. And as I began looking at a more clinical approach to this topic, I found a few articles and opinions on how this has impacted us. And I wanted to read a few excerpts from some of the information I found. This says, COVID-19 social isolation measures have had a profound impact on the psychological and mental well-being of individuals across society. Many of the anticipated consequences of isolation measures are themselves key risk factors for mental health issues, including suicide, self-harm, substance misuse, and domestic and child abuse. Social interaction has been widely interlinked with psychological well-being, social opportunities, and employment. Thereby, restriction of these measures are suggested to be profoundly distressing to those experiencing strict isolation. Previous epidemics have included widespread fear and loneliness. COVID-19 is inducing similar effects. The rise in domestic abuse cases are alarming and bring to light concerns surrounding the collateral, psychological, and mental health impacts of social isolation during the COVID-19 pandemic. Another article says stress is identified as one of the main consequences of social isolation. A survey published in June of this year stated that 73% of the respondents in this research reported some level of stress due to social isolation. 
So what has come of it? Sadly, this isolation is producing damaging consequences to our society. We were not created to be socially isolated. And we're seeing some very damaging impacts and consequences all around us. And another example that I want to share is about isolation is, is about the anointed king of the jungle, the lion. It's one of the most feared predators in the animal kingdom. And in their environment, they hunt mostly in the evenings or early mornings to give themselves the best advantage to eat that day. It's interesting to note that lions are the most successful in their hunt when they stumble across a member of a herd that is alone. Not a member of the herd that's right at the middle of all of the the different animals there not not at the at the close edge of the group not at the not at the leader of the pack of the group but the one that is alone now, however this animal became isolated from the rest of their group almost certainly means death if the lion has its way as humans we are created to have relationships with others. It's just wired in our brains and in our DNA to long for this connection to whatever degree. And personally, we all have those varying degrees of how much social interaction and these relationships that we can handle, depending on how you perceive yourself and how you are wired as a introvert, as an extrovert, and maybe a little mixture of the two. Some of us can handle one or two relationships and we easily get our fill of being around others, but we still need that connection. While others are able to have a wide array of interactions and relationships constantly, that's okay. But most of our primary needs are met in connection and relationships with others. And therefore, we long for this. Through these relationships and through these connections, we feel valued as individuals, as human beings. We, we feel value from those relationships. We find acceptance in these relationships. We have our significance in the group, in the relationships, in the connections. We have attachments and connections that can't be had with material things, that cannot be had through any other means that we might pursue, but only through human-to-human -human interaction and relationships. And above all, these relationships, these connections that we long for, that we must have, they help us to feel love. And there are perhaps other ways that you may think about from the factors that go into what these connections bring. And perhaps you might have thought of these as we're sitting here talking about this today, of who we are and who we long to be and what that means to you as an individual.
it's unfortunate that sometimes the things that life throws at us cause us from time to time to perhaps get caught up in becoming isolated from our community, our coworkers, maybe our family or our church, our tribe, those people that you're so close with. Sometimes it just happens naturally. Sometimes it happens through this pandemic that we're experiencing that has made that decision for us in a lot of ways. And just as in the example with uh, the king of the jungle and this predator, the lion, it's not healthy for humanity to stay isolated. In fact, we can equate the same outcome in the story in the animal kingdom to humanity in that it, it can be life-threatening for us to become and stay isolated. So, as a leader, especially today, how can you avoid becoming isolated? So I want to talk about five ways that we can combat isolation in our leadership. So let's dive in. So as we look at these five ways we can combat isolation and jump into the very first one, this is applicable to all of us, but especially in our leadership. This first one is key. We need to make the first move. What does that mean? Well, that means that we need to be the ones who are putting out those feelers, who are scheduling those meetings, who are looking around the landscape and helping to combat leadership in our own lives and in the lives of those that we lead. Now, making the first move can be something as simple as your presence, as being there, as coordinating a time to have coffee for just a few moments. It could be a quick check-in through a text message. It could be an invitation to those that you lead in any arena to connect with you on a personal level. It could just be a quick phone call for five minutes to make sure that those individuals are aware that you're thinking about them that you know they're there, that you know the dangers of this time of isolation and what it brings, that you understand what they're going through at this time because you're going through similar things or maybe the exact same feelings of isolation and some of the dangers that we mentioned a while ago as what this actually does to our mental state, what this actually does to our physical bodies. We need to be the ones to make the first move. Now, this doesn't have to be a complicated thing. This doesn't have to be something that drags on and on and on. This doesn't have to be something that you do every single day. But you need to make the first move when it comes to those that you lead so that they are aware that you're there. You basically have to put yourself out there and make sure that they know you're thinking about them. They know that this situation is hard for all of us. And when you make the first move, it could also be that you put work aside, that you put business aside, that you put all this serious talk of getting things done and progress and production. You put all that aside. You just, just 
save it for another time. And you just sit there and have a conversation that says, how are you doing? And be honest with them. How are you doing? I, I really want to know. Let's have an honest conversation in the best way during this time for those individuals to open up to you is for you to be honest with them. If we come clean and we say, hey, you know, I'm kind of struggling during this time as well. This has been difficult for me. And let me share with you a very personal, very real and true example of how this has caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting this. This came out of nowhere for me. This this blindsided me. I wasn't expecting the deep challenges that I would face during this time because this is uncharted waters, of course. And I thought, as a leader, I had the answers to this for myself. And here are some real things that I have dealt with. Here are some real struggles. Here are some real conversations that I've had with other people. And I want to share that with you. If we're going to combat isolation, we have to make the first move as leaders. Now, what that also means is that as leaders, we need personal connections with peers, with those that we serve alongside, with the people that are leading us. And so in whatever 360 degree model of this leadership, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's somebody that you have very constant contact with, make sure that you are the one that makes that first move. And that simply says, hey, I'm reaching out because here are some things that I'm struggling with and I just want you to hear me out. If you're reaching out to your spouse, if you're reaching out to your leadership, then just be honest and say, I don't want to talk about business. Uh, I know that might be an element that is impacted by this, but my mental state is that I just need to connect. I just need to chat. I actually, I need more than that chat. I, I need more this, this connection needs to, to involve more than me hearing your voice. I need to see your face. I need to see expressions. You know what? Maybe I'm, I'm comfortable enough with meeting in person and providing safety measures where we can, but I, I need to meet in person. And I need, even if it's just to go sit outside and have a cup of coffee at someone's house, I need that connection. Make the first move. It, through through times of leadership, generally speaking, I believe we try to put on this facade of having it all together, having all the answers. And in leadership, that's not the case. Sometimes it's loneliest in leadership roles. And so we can't go through this time thinking that we'll just get through it. We'll, we'll just push through and we won't deal with these challenges that we're facing from an isolation standpoint. It's okay to step back and say, we don't know that this is the best way or not the best way to handle it. We don't know. And so we are going to make sure that we don't get pulled into this constant perpetual state of isolation. See, that's what we're trying to avoid. It's impossible for us to avoid 100% isolation in our lives. That's impossible. What we're trying to avoid is a perpetual state of isolation that we can't climb out of this pit that is so deep that we can't see our way out it's not it's not what we're about here is this incremental time of, in, of isolation we're we're about those long stretches where we can't climb out and so 
we need to make the first move if we want to combat this isolation. The second way we can combat it is learn and share. Learn and share. It's not just to learn. And I hope that during times, this time of extreme quote unquote isolation where we are, uh, and what I mean by that is that we are at home or we have different amounts of time and our schedule is kind of rearranged so that it affords us more opportunities where there is gaps and buckets of time where we're not expected to be productive. We're not expected to be anywhere. Now, now maybe we're coming out of that and maybe things have changed and are changing for you. But if there are times that you're trying to fill in your day and in your week, instead of being unproductive from a sitting and and indulging in too much media, social media, and those type of things, learn something, pick up a new hobby. Uh, let, let, let's make sure that our hands are, are doing something. Get, get involved in something, explore something that is um, allowing us to get into this habit of learning and get us into this state of having a new skill or reading a new book or exploring a new idea, and not just learning that, but sharing it. We need to share it. If we're learning something, let's share it and let's create dialogue about it and let's have conversations and let's let's show the people these things that uh, we have learned. And maybe they already know them, maybe they don't. Let's learn something new and let's share it. Hey, I was able to explore something that I've never done before and I went and I, I learned this new skill. Maybe it's a technical skill. Never knew how to do this before. And not only do I want to learn it, but I also want to share. And through that sharing, you may unlock a whole new community out there of individuals who like that thing, who are involved in that thing. Maybe it's something like getting a 3D printer, figuring out how that thing works. A little bit of money, invested, a little bit of time invested, figuring that thing out and sharing with others, posting pictures of what you've printed, getting online and figuring out where those communities are to help you learn more about it. Not just learn that new thing, but share what you're learning. That that will create that connection that will allow you to keep those connections to other peoples and building those new connections into new communities and it'll allow you to still maintain that level of connectivity and relationships that weren't there before. We can't just go about our days working or if you're unemployed, sitting around the house all day and not putting this opportunity to good use. Learn something and share it. Let other people know this is what's going on. It doesn't have to be that you're touting and that you are... Uh, pridefully promoting that you've learned something new, but you're sharing, hey, this is really exciting to me. This is something that I did not know before. I learned this and I wanted to share it. So make sure that you're not just learning, but also that you're sharing. The third thing is how we are going to combat isolation is that we have to avoid complacency. And man, this is so easy to do, especially during these prolonged, perpetual times of isolation. 
And not just that, but this will help us at any other time in our life that we may run into instances, for whatever reason, that we may feel we are going down this slippery slope of perhaps finding ourselves isolated. Maybe it's by our own doing, but we have to avoid complacency. And you sit there and you're complacent. That doesn't mean that you're lazy and not doing anything only. See, complacency doesn't mean that you are bored for an hour or two and you're trying to find something to fill this gap of time before your next activity, before your next event, before your next appointment. That's not what complacency is. Complacency is taking that time where you aren't doing anything and it's the desire to stay there. That complacency says, I am so glad that I am here. I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to stay here. I don't want to move. I don't want to explore. I don't want to learn. I don't want to share. I don't want to do anything else except stay right here. Somehow in our lives, we can we can get to this state of, of comfort where we're okay just going right along at a steady pace. No hills, no valleys, just right along at a steady pace. But yet all the while, in actuality, complacency doesn't move us from point A to point B. Not moving from point A to point B, that, that's not what it's about. Complacency says, I'm sitting here at point A and I'm okay never getting to point B. I don't want to get to point B. I don't want to move. I'm complacent right here. I'm not learning. I'm not growing. I'm not able to influence other people. And as leaders, that cannot be a part of who we are. If you fall into this trap, then you're actually not fulfilling that call to leadership because leaders aren't complacent. Leaders are consciously aware of their actions, of those whom they lead. And so if you are a new leader, it can get it, it can it can be easy for you to find yourself early on, or maybe before you get into leadership, getting a little discouraged, getting a little disheartened, because you feel as though you will never arrive at a place that you see somebody who's been in leadership for decades and decades. Maybe maybe you have one bump in the road, maybe one mistake. And you feel like you can't progress in your leadership. And so if you look around and you, you feel like you're not going to be able to progress because we, we tell ourselves these lies, then we say, okay, well, I'll just keep doing the same things over and over. I'll just, I'll just do this bare minimum. I'll just do this really complacent level of leading. And I'll never get to a point where I'm truly making a difference, where I'm truly connecting, where I'm truly having that impact. And I'll just get complacent right here and I'll never move out of this sphere. I'll never enhance my leadership to be able to influence more people. It, it's, it, it may be more often that you find complacency in those that you lead, but it cannot be a part of our leadership. Complacency can never be a part of our leadership. There are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be times that you don't understand how things are impacting 
your world and how you can get around that. There are going to be those instances, but we can't get to that place where we say, I am just fine, never growing, never moving, never getting beyond this point, because those that you lead are looking for you to continue to grow so that they can continue to grow. They're, they're looking for you to continue to move ahead because they know that the group that themselves individually needs to move ahead. So we cannot, as leaders, get complacent. We have to continue to move. The fourth way as leaders we can combat and avoid isolation is serve. Now it sounds easy as it pertains to leadership, but find a place where you can serve. Find a place where you can serve others, either in a greater capacity than you're currently doing, or in a new capacity. Serving can be as simple as maybe finding a local shelter that needs volunteers. Could be a homeless shelter, could be an animal shelter, could be a food bank. Whatever the case may be, find a place where you can serve. Maybe it's in your local church. Find a way to serve if you aren't already. Find a place you can serve. What about at work? How can you serve at work? Well, if you have some downtime, if you have some time after your scheduled hours or when certain work is completed, then seek that out. Ask other people. Ask your leader. Ask peers. What is something that needs to be done that hasn't been done? I've got a few minutes that I can work on something and I can pitch in and help out. How can I serve the team better? How can I serve the organization better? How can I serve the people that I lead better? Maybe some people on your team at work, maybe they have some uh, things, some projects that have not been completed yet. Maybe they have deadlines coming up and you have a few moments. How can you serve them to lend a hand, to pitch in, to get that done so that they have not found themselves behind and not being able to deliver. Whatever that looks like, wherever you are, find a way to serve. Maybe it's as simple as finding a way to serve your neighborhood. Maybe, maybe it's doing some act of kindness for a family member. Maybe for a family member that uh, is a, is related to a close friend and, and there's some help that's needed there. Reach out to your current connections, your community, your church, your coworkers, whatever that circle looks like. Find a way to serve. And this has multiple impacts. And uh, your leadership, it's going to help as a, as a human and human to human connection. It's going to help those relationships and, and improve those bonds, but find a way to serve. It doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have to be every day or every week. But if you're trying to explore these different ways to combat, eliminate all of that, the isolation that we can find ourselves in and that can do serious damage to our mental well-being and to our physical bodies, then find a way to serve if you do that, 
and you're able to do it on a consistent basis, I'm sure you'll be amazed at the residual impact that has on your mind. It'll have a residual impact in other areas. It'll improve your quality of life. When you see that smile, that appreciation, you know what I'm referring to, the times that you have served. You know what that looks like, that that feeling that you have helped somebody out that brings you joy. So find a way, find a place, find something you can do in an area that you can serve and jump in and do it. Don't be afraid of it. Jump in and do it. And the fifth way you can combat isolation is exercise. Exercise. Get out of the house and exercise. And that comes in so many different forms, so many different ways. Uh, if you need to, get those running shoes on and run around your neighborhood. I can't tell you how many different faces and different individuals I have seen out and about in our neighborhood and surrounding neighborhoods as, as we're out driving and uh, in, in this close little area here. How many people are out enjoying the weather, enjoying the time to walk with their significant other, walk with uh, pushing a stroller, uh, walking as a family, or maybe they're on a bike or or whatever the case, there's so many people out and active. Get those those shoes on. Get that bike out. Pump the tires up. Get out and exercise. You're gonna see people. You're gonna you're gonna pass people on the sidewalk and in your neighborhood in these different areas. Exercise to get yourself seeing people. And if you see somebody on a frequent basis, perhaps there comes an opportunity where you can introduce yourself, make that connection, greet others. If combating and avoiding isolation is to see people's faces, then what better way to do it than helping your physical body be active and seeing those people out there who are who are doing the same thing. It, it will do something mentally to you as well as physical because the, the dopamine, the serotonin, those things are released when we exercise. And when we get out and we do that and we see other individuals and we're able to make that connection, or maybe you have an accountability partner, maybe you have a close friend or family member, let's go, let's let's go walk. Let's, let's just walk and talk and be together. Let's just get some exercise. Because the dangers of isolation, as we talked about at the beginning of today's episode, are things that are not just bombarding our minds. They're also causing us physical harm as well. And if we don't take care of both sides of this equation, if we're not making sure that we cover all of it and we neglect one part of it, then we're not getting the whole thing taken care of. We need to make sure that we do both the physical part and the mental part of these things. So we need to get out and do some form of exercise, get those juices flowing, get that blood pumping and get out there and do some exercise. So a quick recap for today, the ways that we can combat isolation. Number one, make the first move and do that in your relationships, in your connections. Make that first move. Learn something. 
and share it. Number two, not just learn it, but learn it and share it. Start a conversation about it. Find a new community that are involved with that, that enjoy the same thing. The third thing, avoid complacency. Avoid it with everything that you have within yourself. Avoid it at all costs. Serve. Number four, find a way, find a place where you can serve and put that smile on somebody else's face in return. You'll put that smile on yours. And the fifth thing is exercise. Get out, do it, enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the weather, enjoy seeing other people in your neighborhood, in your community. Well, that's it for today's episode. I want to thank you for being here and listening to another way, another tool, another way that we can make an impact on our leadership and its legacy. Remember, the journey to being a leader is a hard road. It's a long road. It's a bumpy road, but you can do it. For those of you listening, again, thank you so much. I hope you have learned something to help you in your pursuit of being a better leader. If you would, do me a favor as we end today's episode, subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified whenever a new episode is posted. If you enjoyed it, give it a rating on whatever platform you have chosen to listen through, and that'll help the Men Leading Men podcast more easily show up in the list of available podcasts so we can have the opportunity to share this message with other listeners. Thank you again for being here today. I hope you'll join me for the next episode.